Welcome one, welcome all to another Dragonlance Hangout. It is Lenara's Yurth Green II. My name's Adam. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, so this should be a, a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting session. I don't know, session? We're just hanging out. Should be an interesting hour, I think. Uh, Curtis, it's always great to see you. Thanks for joining live. Jeff, what's up? Hey, Ryan, how you doing, man? Uh, and anyone else joining or watching, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by visiting the link in the description below and remind you that you can always pick up Dragon's Game and materials of every edition by using the affiliate links in, my, in the description below. So there's always options of, of supporting the show and helping me out and, uh, you know, helping to grow this Dragonlance community, as it were. Uh, this has been a hell of a week for me. Like, crazy fun, frustrating, aggravating, exciting, <laughs> all sorts of crazy shit is going on. So first and foremost, I picked up The Last of Us for PC because I don't have a PlayStation or anything like that to play it on. And so I was waiting for it to come out on Steam. And so as soon as it came out, I pre-ordered it the day before. I pre-loaded it. And then the day of that it was officially available, I had it downloaded and ready to play. But what you didn't realize, or what I didn't realize, is it has to like pre-load a bunch of shader cell shading stuffs. It took hours, hours. And I had it on the lowest setting. And then when I went to go play it, it was just chop fest. I literally could not play the game. It would freeze up, lock up, crash. It was a nightmare. They delayed that game so that it could be perfected. And it still doesn't work. I can't, I literally can't play it. So I just got a refund. I was like, you know what? This is so frustrating. I'm not even going to waste my life trying to get this thing to work. When they get it working right, then I'll do it. It's your birthday, Jeff. How old are you? Happy birthday to Jeff. Happy birthday to Jeff. Happy birthday, dear Jeff. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. My brother's name is Jeff, actually. <clears throat> 43. All right. I'm only a little bit older than you. Bunch of gray-haired freaks that we are. You're welcome. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, I was really disappointed about that. However, there were other video games that were a recent release that I already had my own like hacked DOS versions of and the NES emulator for, but now the Dragonlance silver box games of Hero of the Lance, um, Dragons of Flame, Shadow Sorcerer, War of the Lance, and Dragon Strike are all available on Steam and GOG. So literally every Dragonlance video game, of which there are six, seven, eight for PC, you can play every single one of them on Steam and or GOG, which is awesome. I mean, yes, they are still the old games. There's no update to them at all. They're just the existing old games. But you don't have to do some weird DOS hacks to get to play them or try to trust some weird online website to play them. You can just play them yourself, which is dope. Super excited about it. So I'm going to be doing uh, War of the Lance, which is basically a, a like a Risk-style strategy game. Uh, I'm going to try to play that actually with Chris at some point. And then I'm going to try to do, uh, I, got, I, I really want to figure out how to play Dragon Strike. Because I love that 3D dragon flight combat idea. I, just, I think it's so damn cool. I just can't play it worth a damn because I suck. But I'll get there. I'll get there someday. Anyway. Um, and I spent all morning today like updating my website. So for those of you who don't know, this uh, YouTube channel is the primary source of all information of, of what I do. I also have the dlsaga.com website, which is just um, a sort of a repository for not only uh, all of the content that's on this channel, but also all of like the show notes, all of the uh, manuals for games that I do live plays for or playthroughs for the video games or game books, the game book cards the character cards. Uh, it has all of the notes for all my reviews and, and everything on there. So I've just been slowly updating and it's been taking me a very, very long time because it's just me and I don't have an infinite amount of time. So it's taken me a while, but I'm slowly getting there. I spent hours this morning just knocking out a whole bunch of different... Oh, and the other thing with the website is that it offers audio versions of everything. And so there is actually, if you know how to sort of deal with WordPress websites, you can get like, like a audio 
RSS feed from my website. And it, as if it was a podcast that you would get from Apple or Google or Spotify. And literally every time something updates, it just goes right into your feed and you can listen to the audio version of whatever it is that I'm doing. For those of you who are interested, you're always welcome. Welcome, Dragon High Lord Ryan. Good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, okay, so that's pretty exciting. Like, it's always been there, and I started off with it, but I, I sort of canceled it early on, uh, like a year and a half ago, because I just didn't really have time. I figured out a way, and I sort of fine-tuned my creation process, so it's cut down a little bit of time, so then I can spend that other time updating the website, and a little, a bunch of like little fine-tuned stuff that I'm sort of working with. Hey, Chris, thanks for tuning in. So look forward to that if you like audio podcasts, because it is in fact coming. Okay, so we've got the updated website and audio. We got the new D&D video games, Silverbox. They're not new. The old D&D video games now in Silver uh, Silverbox. The Dragonlance games are now in Steam and GOG. Um, schedule change. Upcoming for the actual play slash live play of Shadow of the Dragon Queen. At the end of May... I'm going to be changing the days that it lands on and the times that it lands on. Up until then, it's still going to be the exact same schedule. But starting May 20th, I'm moving from 11.30 starting to 5 p.m. starting. And it's going to be every other week starting on the 20th of May. So for those of you who do tune in, which I genuinely appreciate you guys tuning in live and chime in with your comments. I know we don't always get to sort of do the back and forth and engage with what you guys have to say, but we do... All of us playing do notice it, and we do see it, and when we have an opportunity to react to it, we will. But just know that uh, that schedule change is coming, so if you tune in live, know to expect it. Unfortunately, I'm afraid this might mean that we're going to have to change up some players. I hope it doesn't. I hope everyone can make the change, but it's just, quite frankly, spring and summer's here, and I am a gardener, I care about my yard, and I have to spend the mornings out there working on my hop plants, my grapevines, and my garden. Like, and it takes hours to do it. So I don't have time in the early mornings to prep for a game that afternoon if I'm going to be out in the yard. That's life. I have to make the change. So I hope you guys can accommodate. I appreciate you. You can't stay for your daughter's birthday. Another birthday! Is your daughter Jeff? <laughs> Is Jeff your daughter? You have a 43-year-old daughter? Um... Well, tell your daughter happy birthday. I didn't know you had a daughter. I think that's great. I have a daughter too. Wait until she gets older and wants nothing to do with you and your heart literally rips out of your chest. Something to look forward to. Because <laughs> it's coming. It's in the mail, man. Clint, how you doing? Good to see you. Can you imagine an April Fool's Kender game session? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had one. Oh, did we have one. I was actually surprised. I expected uh, Derek to go a little more Kender. <laughs> <laughs> than he did. I thought he played it very nicely. He was as frustrating for other players as he should be, but he didn't go that extra mile of really driving people insane, which I probably would have if I was playing a Kender. <laughs> you gotta live up to the character, you know what I mean? Really, really live up to it. Um, but I did want to talk about the games, and that's really going to be a, a large part of what today's discussion is. Um, it's the... Uh, I guess you could, I, I have it framed here as the importance of admitting when you're wrong, but I think a larger, broader conversation would be the weight of a live streaming DM. <laughs> because this pain is real, people. If you don't know, in order to stream like this and have different screens set up and audio and video and, and have everything fed in, it takes more than just hitting a button like a play button or something. It takes a lot of setup. You have to make sure windows are all, you know, accurately and, and uh, uh, video feeds are all accurately placed and positioned and streaming in ready and, and audio is all working properly. And, and it, when you're running a game, when you're a DM running a game, you have all of that on your mind. You have to make all these transitional shifts and everything, but then you also have to focus on the game. All of the players, all of the rules, all of the monsters, all of the events... You have to be able to, you know, roll with the punches and, and think on, on the fly about stuff. It can get very, very difficult running a game when you're thinking about so many things in addition to just the game, right? 
and especially, you know, every once in a while you look over the live chat and you want to see what they have to say. And so, you, you know, it adds arguably unnecessary complexity, but I actually like it because I don't feel like I'm just spinning my wheels, you know, I, like when, when it's presenting it to an audience, I feel like I'm contributing to something bigger than just the game itself. And for some reason in my demented mind, I just don't think playing the game is enough for me. <clears throat> Otherwise I wouldn't live stream and I'd just play it with a bunch of friends here at my house. You know what I mean? Which I used to do decades ago and we had great time, but I just got to the point where I needed more out of it. You know, it wasn't enough just to sit here and enjoy my friends, which sounds really shitty, but it wasn't. I needed something greater. So I just totally stopped DMing and playing role-playing games for decades. And then suddenly I just started getting into it again. And now with the live streaming element, it totally makes it worthwhile for me. And I feel like I get something more out of it than just DMing. But then of course, with that comes all the added complexity. So like an idiot that I am, the added complexity is that I'm playing a brand new system to me. Fifth edition has been out forever, but not for me, you know? And so that getting over those, those game rule humps has been a bit of a growing pain curve that you all have had the privilege <laughs> of what were the pain of watching. Um, let's see, Clint, uh, Curtis, you can never get into yard work, but you always love the work your grandfather did. Yeah, man. Thing is, is it... I'm going to get back to that in just a second. Um, and I'm definitely going to talk about the live-action TV series today. Scott, thanks for tuning in. Uh, streaming a live game of D&D is rough. The prep work and focus is super important. Yeah, and that's the other thing is the prep work. And so, you know, I, I straight up let the players know that, look, sometimes I make bad calls. Let's roll with the punches. If you can show me the ruling in the moment, then I will do my best to pivot on my ruling. Um, but I really want to keep it flowing because again, it is live. No one wants to see people arguing back and forth over a particular rule. That sucks. And for the players playing and for me, the DM, it sucks. And so whenever you do run into those situations where inevitably there is going to be a misunderstanding or ignorance about a rule or a situation, it's my goal to first think how does this affect player enjoyment then second how does this affect balance of gameplay and i'm trying to sort of have those thoughts firing all at once while i'm also trying to say well are they just clarifying something that i'm ignorant to and if i get focused on something other than the broad literal definition then I can make bad rules and, you know, bad rulings. And that happens. I'm human. Everyone does it. What I think is so important, not just as a DM, because that's trite, but as a human being is to be able to say, I was wrong. And this, you are right. I was wrong. Here's the, the ruling. Let's move forward and just not dwell on stress or what has been Let's focus on going forward. I'm not one of those people who gets angry and um, lets it stew. You know what I mean? Like, I get angry. Don't get me wrong. In a moment, I'll have whatever reaction is appropriate, you know, whatever that may be. But then I, the next day, it's gone. I don't, I don't care about it. I don't think about it. There's too much that's valuable in life to focus on other than frustration, hate, and anger. And that's not some sort of like weird religious or spiritual mantra or anything. It's just, I, I want to be a healthy human. And you cannot be a healthy human if you're focusing on negative emotions and reactions of others. You have to just move forward. I find the best way of doing that is just say, I'm sorry when, when you are sorry and when you are wrong and admitting it. So psychologists refer to people who are incapable or just simply will refuse to apologize as experiencing cognitive dissonance. And this is where their reality is dramatically different by everyone else's reality. And this creates other psychological issues. Like for example, it says, um, uh, when people who don't admit that they're wrong, they tend to accumulate subconscious feelings of guilt and shame, mental gnawing that eventually can turn into anxiety and depression. When in reality, if you just drop your ego listen to the ruling 
And if it's interpreted correctly, just say, okay, you're right. Let's do it that way. Let's go. Then it shows to everyone else that's playing with you. You have compassion, you're empathetic, you're sympathetic, and you're trying to be a good listener. And these are all aspects of what it means to be a healthy and happy human adult. Um, it also shows that you're capable of being objective about yourself and that you admit that you're not always perfect and right. And that's just reality. I think when we get in these echo chambers, these sort of feedback bubbles, especially in social media, in online interactions, it's hard to break out of that and to realize that you are literally not the star of your own film. You're just one rando human on a planet full of rando humans who have are spinning, hurling thousands of miles, hundreds of thousands of miles around a sun in a solar system that is just one tiny rando solar system in a broader galaxy. So to think that you're somehow more important than any other human on this planet is the most ridiculous thing that anyone could ever possibly think. There's nothing more important about you to anyone else than a pencil or, or knee-high socks. Like, you're just that guy or that girl or that person. You're, like, you're no one special to anyone else other than you and those who love you. That's it. So don't act like you're some sort of king and you wave wands around and people move out of your way and you only drink the finest scotches or, you know, whatever it is that, I don't know, pompous thing that people can think of. And so I, I try to ground myself in that way and just admit that, okay, you know what? I don't know all these rules. In the moment I'm trying to gauge enjoyment and fun for ruling, and sometimes I make the error. And so you got to pivot. You got to apologize. You got to move on. It's a very, very important thing that people need to learn how to do, especially in your professional lives. I mean, it's one thing if it's just with a, a family unit or a group of friends. If it's your professional life and you refuse to apologize when you make big mistakes, it can cost you your job. It can cost you your livelihood. It can cost your uh, ability to work with others or others willing to work with you. So always remember that no matter what in life, it's not as important as you are making it out to be in all rationality. It's probably just a situation that's misunderstood and you can probably get past it by just apologizing or moving on. And the other side of that is that you don't always have to accept apologies, you know? If you're genuinely offended or if you're, if there is something that you just can't handle, move on. There's no reason why you have to subject yourselves to things that bother you or that annoy you. You can choose to just turn around and walk away. <laughs> it's a valid option. And if that means you have to leave a group, sometimes you have to leave a group. I've left D&D groups before. It's not the end of the world. You just go find another one or go play a video game or do something else. Get a new hobby. Um, but it is one of those things that you have to always have as an option. Growth as a human is the only thing that should be guiding large-scale cognitive decisions that you make. Uh, and, you know, ultimately a part of that is, you know, caring about those that you choose to love and have in your life. And so uh, making sure that you can move forward that's the most important thing. Because you have to be happy with yourself. You, you are the only one that has to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror. No one else does. So why should you look to anyone else for happiness or any other thing? Look to yourself. Make those choices. Make those changes so that you feel good about who you are. Sometimes that means it's going to be hard. And you're going to have to make bad... Or, I'm sorry. You're going to have to make difficult choices or decisions. Or make difficult statements. But that's what it means to be a healthy human adult. So that's how I see it anyway. So I want to get back to this yard work thing because there is genuinely something. So I'm, I'm not going to harp on it because you know, this is a dragon that's hanging out, not a gardening hangout. Um, I find it goes to a broader sort of philosophical view of mine. The reality is, is that life on earth exists solely because of DNA. We share DNA with every other living entity on this planet from grass to trees, to other animals, everything. It's all alive. Every single thing that grows on this planet is alive and it's connected through life, through DNA. We're not all the exact same, of course, 
but we do share certain DNA strand traits and are passed down. And so this idea of gardening for me is very much rather than just trying to get a tomato, you know, it's, it's more about a connection that I have that, that makes me feel good. I like getting my hands in soil. I like the idea that we as human beings are not isolated entities unto ourselves. We have a stomach full of bacteria that if they're unhappy, we are physically unhappy and ill. So we have to live in harmony as human beings with not only the creatures around us and outside us, but all of the creatures inside of us as well. All of the bacteria, all the cells, everything in us. And I'm not trying to get all holistic or anything weird. I'm just straight up saying the reality of it. We are dependent on the organisms within us and without of us to have healthy lives. That's it. It's that simple. And so I like connecting with those lives through exercise and diet, you know, focusing on what I put into my body and how I, uh, I don't know, I take care of myself because that means that I'm going to feel good. And then I want to connect with the world around me. So I go hiking and I, you know, work in the yard and I grow plants because it, it brings me joy to see things growing with my assistants, you know, and something that would never have been there before. And then you get larger ecosystems. You get insects and bugs. You get birds coming around everywhere. And I have chickens and dogs. And you start to really connect with this greater world of animal life and plant life. And that's what humans have done from literally the beginning. That's what all life has done. And I like that idea that I, sh I, I share that trait and I'm sort of continuing it on and I'm trying to expose my kids to it and stuff like that. So that's why I like gardening. Anyway, we're going to stop talking about it. Not to uh, harp on it way too much. Channeling the wisdom of Fizban today. Yeah, Ryan. I'm trying to, man. <laughs> um, thanks, Michael. I appreciate that. It's always stressful playing these games. As a DM, all I want to do is make sure the players have a fun time. I don't personally think that players always enjoy one-hit encounters where they just go up, smash them, and walk away. I, I think players enjoy challenge. And in overcoming those difficult situations brings more joy than just plowing through enemies. And so when I'm, when I'm running an encounter or when I'm setting up a situation, I want to make sure that they understand the context that's going on around it. They understand the gravity, the possible gravity of the encounter itself. And then I just want them to have a good time. You know, whether it's a combat encounter or a social encounter or a skill-based encounter, I just want them to say, that was a little bit hairy for a moment there, or that was a little confusing, or that was a little challenging, but we got through it and I feel freaking great and I had a great time. That's it. And if I can't get that, or I feel like I didn't deliver that, I'm like, I'm an insanely emotional person, if you haven't been able to tell already. Uh, I take it personally. I I mean, it's, 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 it's this weird thing that I, I just, if I'm going to put so much time and effort, and it does take it, into setting up a game for someone and they don't enjoy it, I feel like I've failed. And that makes me feel bad about myself. Like, I'm not good enough to do this. I can't live up to the expectation. And so there, you know, and it's not healthy for me to think that way. And I tried my best not to, but the reality is, is that is my initial go-to thought. And so I have to try to think, how can I entertain these players and make them feel good while I am at the same time? Because I'm going to feel good by proxy. That means my job's successful if they do enjoy it. So when you have those games where it doesn't go well, or like we almost had a total party kill one episode, that killed me the next, like I, after the feed shut off, I was depressed for hours. I felt terrible until I just started talking to myself saying, look, you are not responsible for other people's choices. You have to just play the game and stop taking things personally. Don't be a damn retard about this. Just <laughs> move forward, grow up, and you get past it. But yeah, I tend to take things way too personally. All right, let's see. Everyone poops. <laughs> Realizing that fact helps you get over star-stricken feelings. Most famous people. Yeah, for real, man. <laughs> That's a funny way to put it, but yes, absolutely. You got a lot of good herbs growing. You collect some uh, dead netties too. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. Don't let, oh, uh, welcome to the channel, uh, the live feed, Goldman. Good to see you. Forge and scavenge. Yeah, I'm afraid of foraging mushrooms, but that's a different conversation for a different day because I could talk about mushrooms forever. They're amazing. Okay, so the other thing I want to talk about is this whole 
Dragonlance video thing that's been popping up. And I get how if you were not aware that this is not a new thing, when Joe Magnello says he's working on something and that has to do with Dragonlance, you get crazy excited because the first time I heard it, I was the exact same way. I was like, it's coming, it's coming, Dragonlance, yes! But the reality is, <laughs> is it didn't. So I, I want to show you guys this because this adds a little historical context. Um, and that's not the right one. <laughs> Doggone it. Of course, that's exactly what I would do. This is the right one. In 2017, if you can remember six years ago, Joe Maganello posted this to Twitter. And a friend of mine who lived in Texas, we used to play Dungeons and Dragons together. We became friends over Dragonlance. We met on Deal Nexus's forums. Um, we're, you know, as soon as the D&D, &D, uh, the Dragonlance animated film came out and we went and bought it at Best Buy, came home, we got all our family and kids together and we all watched it together. Like we were Dragonlance dorks together. So as soon as this dropped, he, cause I was on social media, he called me up and he was like, did you see this? I was like, no, what? And so he sent me a link and this was the link. It's a film script that Joe Magnello wrote about Dragons of Autumn Twilight in 2017. And so I was then what everyone is now to his recent announcement that he's developing something. And so I was like freaking out and screaming like, it's coming, it's coming, yes! Dragonlance is finally gonna be set on screen. It's gonna be amazing and epic. And oh, I was so excited. And then <laughs> time went by. Lots of time went by. Five years went by and we got this. So uh, this guy, Shane Plays Geek Talk, says, P.S. Joe, I'm so rooting for you on a DL movie, dude. And he replies in November 15, 2022, would you settle for a series? So not a Dragonlance film, but a Dragonlance series. So this is after Game of Thrones. This is after House of the Dragon. We know, not airing, but developing. So we know that he's seen those different productions and he's like, I can do that with Dragonlance. Just like earlier, he thought I can do Lord of the Rings with Dragonlance. So now it's a series that he's developing and everyone's freaking out like it's going to happen. And then we got this just the other day. And this is just the snippet that's relevant to the announcement. And I posted it on the notifications and stuff. So you all may already um, have watched this particular thing, but here we go. Ultimately, it was my love of Dragonlance that opened the door for my involvement with the brand, working tirelessly to develop a live action version of the Dragonlance novels that have- A live action version of the Dragonlance novels. He's clearly talking about the Chronicles because that was the film that he has a script for. And now he's doing a live action version of the novels. So he said he's developing it. And so everyone's freaking out saying, oh my gosh, this is an announcement of a project. No, it's not. It is not an announcement of a project. It's an announcement of him developing a series. That's it. Just like he announced in 2017 that he was developing a film. Because you say something, does not mean it happens. How many films has Kathleen Kennedy, head of Lucasfilm for Disney, announced Star Wars films? How many films has she announced? And how many have actually come out? Now, the answer is close to a third or a fifth of all the movies announced that actually came out and were actually like made into films. And the brutal reality of all of this is projects are developed all the time. And a lot of them, most of them stay in development hell, just like Dragonlance has stayed in development hell for seven years or three, six, six years. Um, so will it ever get past the development phase into production? I don't know. I want it to. I desperately want it to, especially with today's technology. And especially after seeing the new Dungeons and Dragons film, I really want this to happen but just don't get too excited be and, and you know who cares get excited as you want I, I don't really care i'm just saying i'm not going to get too excited because the reality is is these don't tend to work out very well for example the dungeons and dragons film is the best DD film that has ever been produced period that has ever been made 100 period 
It took $130,000 to make, and it's only worldwide at the opening box office, 70000 in returns. If it doesn't turn a profit, it will not be made into another film, the sequel. Right now, the sequel for the D&D film is supposed to be a series, a streaming series on Netflix, backed by Paramount. Um, and it's supposed to open up this larger sort of MCU-like D&D interplay between films and series. But if they don't make money, then corporations, producers, companies will not make a sequel. And here's the worst part about all of this. If this D&D film does not at least break even, I don't see Dragonlance series being produced. I don't see the Dunstan Dragons series being produced because there's no money in it. That's the awful truth about all of this. Hasbro is a corporation and its sole purpose is to make money for its investors. That's it. That's all it's the whole purpose of a corporation is to continually make more and more money for the people invested in it. And if it doesn't do that, then it moves to different projects or people drop out of that company. That's it. So the shareholders have to see a return, more returns every continual quarter or else they drop projects. As good, and it is, as good as this Dungeons & Dragons film was and is, it still hasn't broken even yet. On opening weekend, after a week of great reviews of people who saw it at South by Southwest. So if it's not going to even break even, it sucks. But I don't think we're ever going to get an actual announcement about a D&D live action project ever coming out. And it bums me out because I, I love Dragonlance and I... After watching this Dungeons and Dragons film, they have Dragonborn in it, like, like practical effects, Dragonborn. Like all of the creatures are practical effects. It's very, very cool looking. It's not super heavy CGI, though obviously there's a lot of CGI in it. Um, I'm just imagining draconians in practical effects after watching that and getting excited, like really excited. Looking at the scale and scope of some of those buildings and structures from that film, genuinely amazing. Can you imagine a camera view? The Battle of the High Clarice Tower from Dragons of Winter Night starting in the back of maybe the third battle line of the Dragon Army forces going through the ranks. This is a camera view. Going through the Battle Army ranks all the way sweeping up to the plains right in front of the High Clarice Tower and then pivoting up and traveling all the way to the top of the High Clarice Tower and then it pans back down to Stern Brightblade just standing there at the very top of this tower. The camera pivots three or 180 and you see Kidiara flying a blue dragon ski coming right toward him, shooting lightning bolts and he's just standing there in silhouette. Sweet hell, that would be amazing. And they can do it. But it costs a lot of money. And the only way they're going to do it is if they get a little Skrilla on the back end. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad because it would be so good. It'd be more epic than Lord of the Rings. Like, seriously. Ugh. Kills me, man. Just kills me. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say here. D&D &D is still a group thing. You win or fail as a group. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, thanks for doing live, Oriel. Appreciate you. You knew the channel, but you've always been hitting it hard because uh, you want your wife to find a setting that you know she'll love. Oh, well, bring her in. The water's cool. This is a... Dragonlance is a very empowering setting for women. Um, the women in Dragonlance are first and forefront of... I mean, they're, they're like women in life, you know? I mean, they're... In... The default of human beings is woman. That's it. Every, every creature, every human born initially in the womb is a woman. It takes a chromosome to be added from the male partner in order to make a man. So the default of life is feminine. The male is the aberrant. <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing. But it's also women are the, the uh, literal, the godheads. They create life within them. Guys help along the way. <laughs> 
at best, we participate in planting seed to be the most base about it. But women are the, the God factories. They create life in their, stump, like in their womb. That's it. It's amazing. And so you, you cannot, in my mind, see women as historically mankind has treated them, society has treated them as second-class citizens when they clearly should be the first-class citizens. I'm not saying that to pander to anyone. It's just they're the defaults of the species and they create others of the species. That's number one. Males are the aberrant of the species. We don't create life. So we should be numbered. I'm not saying I want to be number two. I like being number one. <laughs> not in my relationship. But generally as society, guys are still, you know, treated infinitely better than, well, I'll say white guys are treated infinitely better than every other version of man or woman on this planet. It's not fair. It's not right. But it is the way it is. And uh, I guess my point of this is, drag, because I did, <laughs> deviate there. I digressed. Uh, I think it is interesting that uh, Dragonlance is a series that celebrates femininity. You have really powerful characters like Goldmoon, like Lorelanth Cannon, like Kidiar Uthmatar, who literally use men or manipulate those around them or simply inspire them through their actions to be better versions of themselves, to stand up to insurmountable odds, to dare to be something greater than themselves. That is, you don't see that anywhere else in any fantasy setting. And it's great. I wholly support it. I think it's wonderful. Um, all right, so let's see. You'd write a whole script for 100 seasons. Does not mean it will be picked up by... <laughs> exactly that is exactly my point Curtis and it, it, it hurts my heart because I really do want to see it and I do get excited about it it's just I've been let down too many times man <laughs> two minute times statement is now an official Watsi announcement hope is rising all right well I hope so man I hope so if you guys can show me sources someone mentioned like there's a director that's been chosen I mean if you're in a development position i'd be surprised if you have a director nailed down but i haven't seen any announcements about it it sounds a lot like fan speculation and that tends to get blown out of proportion quick because people state things as if it were fact when they have zero sources and zero information to back it and if you ever pay attention to any news at all you should always check the sources of information given to you all right so uh hexes and uh heroes thanks for tuning in you have no hope for anything netflix They'll be ruined with modernity and wokeness. Um, I'm not getting into the wokeness thing because I think that word is misused by virtually everyone that uses it. But I will say that, yeah, I mean, they try to change things for modern sensibilities and that can and has ruined many a series and IP. And that's unfortunate because I don't see anything that's around a fantasy genre that needs to be updated to anything because it's not meant for a specific era of human it's fantasy it's meant for the era of the made-up universe it was written in that's it like i it, so I, I just don't understand the need to change it and then especially with dragonlance where i just did this diatribe about women being empowered in dragonlance why would you need to change that like, they're already there. They're already literally at the front lines leading the army. Like, how would you ruin that more by updating it to any other modern sensibilities? Like, no. Step away, use it as written, and it will be received amazingly. I guarantee it. You will be turning people's heads like crazy. You support the ladies too, Goldman. <laughs> nice. All right, so let's see here. Oh, gosh, my eyes. I got... Sorry, guys. I got to use glasses. Uh, something is only created and continually supported as long as it's profitable. Yeah. At least Joe is a fan and seems to be taking it seriously. 100%. And he definitely is. And that's why I like him. Uh, I, I love his passion about it. Uh, luckily, I've seen that scene in the theater of your mind. Oh, dude, I could just imagine that scene with the High Claris Tower. I would lose my mind. Legend of Huma would be dope. Uh, Clint, I'm a little curious about what Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman are going to do with uh, Huma and Magius. Because they don't, 
you know, when James Louder took over uh, uh, Lord Soth, that was not the Lord Soth that Tracy Hickman had written originally. When Richard Knack took over Huma and Magius, is that the same Magius and Huma that Tracy Hickman wrote? The story's different. It's missing like story beats that were put down in Dragons of Autumn Twilight. So I suspect, I don't have any information on this. This is just me suspecting, hypothesizing. They're going to fundamentally change the legend of Huma and Magius and, and who they are as people in order to fit the narrative of the new Destiny's story rather than try to remain accurate to what Richard Knack had written. That's what I suspect. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about a lot in life. <laughs> this would not be new if I were wrong. But I think a lot of people who really love Legend of Huma are probably going to be a little upset about that novel that's coming out. Dragons of Fate, I think, or Flame or whatever, this uh, August. So look forward to that. Get ready to shake your fists and write nasty letters. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, you really enjoy the new film. It gave you a sense of honesty that most action-adventure films were missing. Uh, I don't know how to say your name. Thanks, uh Middle Timid Alchemist, thanks for tuning in, man. Um, yeah, the the as far as like non spoilers go, because I don't I don't really know how you could spoil this. The D and D film was full of heart, like that at its core, and that's why I think it was really good. Is because like it's being compared to Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, um, because at the very very center of all of this action and adventure that surrounds it is a story about a man who desperately loves a wife that he lost and a daughter that he lost. That's the core. And so me being a husband and a father, I could not help but immediately connect with the narrative and feel pulled by the way it was unfolding. They did such a wonderful job writing the story because not only do you get this really sense, uh, this powerful sense of heart at the core of it, the adventure side of it, it's really entertaining and fun. The D&D &D story, like it's very, you know, in order to get to the very end goal, we have to do A, B, and C. And so you do these sort of like side missions in order to get to that end part. And I didn't mind it. It didn't feel like a video game the way that they sort of presented it. It felt very familiar as a Dungeons and Dragons session to me as someone who runs them more than I actually play them. Uh, so I appreciated that. And then there's the humor aspect of the, the film. And not every ounce of the humor landed for me personally, but I'd say like 85% of it did. And I really enjoyed it. And they did stuff like dropping in little cameos. They have cameos of the original um, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon characters in this. I'm not going to tell you where because I don't want to spoil it for you when you see it, but they're there and it's cool as shit. And if you don't know, then you don't know. But if you do know, you're just like, why would they do that? That's amazing. That's awesome. I love this. And then just to see all the different old school Dungeons and Dragons monsters that you used to encounter in you know, old school D&D &D, where you'd be crawling through a dungeon or you know a trap would happen and you'd run into monster X or Y. They've got a lot of those monsters in this and it's very, very cool. And if anyone watches this film and their takeaway is that, well, that spell is not how it works in the game. How could they do that in the movie? Slap them. Because that's the stupidest reaction <laughs> you could ever have in life. There's no way that you could have a film be game accurate. That's not the point. It's supposed to embody the spirit of the game. And as long as that's present then it makes logical sense. You're watching fantasy. If you can't suspend disbelief, then you shouldn't be watching the film in the first place. So this is not supposed to be a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition mechanics film. It's supposed to be an adventure, comedy, heart-filled film. And if you go into it thinking like that, you're going to love this damn film. It's great. It's just fun. AI has its flaws. Every film does. But um, it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't yet. Um... Okay, so that was my rant. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. Is this going to be an early one? I do really want to get this uh, game, the 
trivia game off the ground. I'm just uh, sort of struggling with time management stuff right now. So and that's going to be a little bit later than I wanted to do it. I wanted to have it for today's episode, but I just couldn't, I couldn't put it together. And also you guys, if you guys want to contribute to this hangout by being on here with me on camera and just sort of talking heads, chatting back and forth about Dragonlance, let me know. I'd be happy to schedule you guys in and, and have a good time together. Um, I think next week I have someone scheduled. Is it next week or is the week after that? I can't remember. But I'm going to be having someone come in. And I do want to try to get the, the trivia game going for Dragonlance. But it does require at least two people to play with me. Because I'm going to be hosting it, of course. So I need contestants in order to do that. So if no one steps up, then I can't do it. Um, and it really does come down to that. So the way that I will be communicating with all of you about when these episodes are going to be coming and your option is first and foremost, I always reach out to channel members first through the community tab on this YouTube channel. So if you use your phone and you go to the YouTube app, community posts will show up in the regular video feed, or you can just go to my channel and click the community tab and you'll see all my messages. But if you're a member of this channel, I always reach out to you first. And then if I don't get what I need, then I'll go to the broader community. So that's where you can find when I'm going to ask for contestants or I'm going to ask for participants if you're interested in being a contestant or a participant. And I hope you are because it is a lot of fun to get together and just goof off with other you know, fans. I mean, it, it's a good time. Uh, with DL Game Show, Adam, how much is set up by the DM and how much is random with the character? Well, the game... Oh, the you mean the like the actual 5th edition game? I mean, the environment and the scenarios are all set up by the adventure the characters just do whatever the hell they want <laughs> i mean literally so you know I, I don't i try to direct them and i've never really had a problem with that before you know i mean you can look at it as railroading if you want but that a module is meant to be played through and if you deviate from the module then you know like we deviated from the module in this last episode i dealt with a, a, a escaped squad of dragon army soldiers from Google watch outpost and then we had this funeral that's not in the adventure at all i just i wanted to i wanted the players to feel like the loss of their characters had impact on the greater world around them and so all of the npcs that they interacted with have to then react to the news that they died that's big like if you were just told that a friend or someone that you you know saved your village died you would react in a certain way and so you want to have that world impact in the game so that the players feel like it's that much more realistic, that much more believable at least. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. So I, I will play out the module as or the adventure as best as I can, but if players change choices, then I have to roll with that. And then I'll try to steer them back if I can, um, but ultimately it's up to them, so, you know. We'll see. And that's what I love so much about these these adventures is that you watch our stream here on this channel and it's going to be dramatically different than a stream that someone else is doing on their channel. And so you get the exact same module, the exact same adventure, but it's a completely different experience. The characters are wildly different. The encounters end up being wildly different. The reactions of, of the NPCs in the greater world around the characters are completely different. And that's what's so exciting about Dungeons & Dragons is it's not just a video game, you know? It's a shared storytelling experience where the players are actively sharing in the course of that story. That's why it's kind of cool. Anyway, that's why I like it. Um, you don't know much about Dragonlance to be a good guest? Man! <laughs> I'm going to give you some cheat sheets. Just watch the videos that I, I make from time to time and you'll catch up. <laughs> Ryan, you'd love to? Hell yeah, dude. We got to do it, man. Let's see, um, DS, etc. I don't know what DS means, man. I'm sorry. So, uh, make that guy who comments on game rule of consistency go watch the Jeremy Irons D&D movie. For real! <laughs> Brian, hey, how you doing? Thanks for joining. Dude, those old D&D movies are horrible. I remember wanting to like them because I like D&D. You can't. You can't lie to yourself. <laughs> It sucks. It's like the Dragonlance film. The Dragonlance film for me is very much like the Star Wars holiday special. It's like, I'm a Star Wars, 
I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan. That is a travesty <laughs> of, of a TV show. And yet, every day on Life Day, I try to watch it. Doesn't mean I get through it, but I try to watch it. Because it's Star Wars. So just like every year I watch the Dragonlance animated film because it's Dragonlance and I love Dragonlance. But woof, does it have problems. <laughs> like real. I mean, just to end it with Lorana and Elistan making out, that's a choice. <laughs> they made a choice. It was a strange one, but it was a choice. So anyway. All right, that should do it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I really do appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Um, yeah, I, I pay attention to the comments or the uh, community feed on my channel because that is where you're going to get all of the information about what I do and what I plan and stuff. Um, I did finish, I didn't even have this in my notes, but I should probably tell you. Um, I've read every one of the Dragonlance Saga comics there's five of them. It doesn't finish out the Chronicles trilogy. It stops at Winter's Night. But I've read all of those, and they're all scheduled to be released. So I won't, I'm not going to be doing any more of the comics. I've done every Dragonlance comics except for the Devil's Due publishing ones. I'm not going to do those. I'll do those for members and sort of member-only videos. Um, but what that means is, I think it's at the end of May or mid-May or something, I'll no longer have Thursday releases for the public because that'll be when the final episode is released of that series. I will start at that point. Well, actually, I started last week. So from now on, every Thursday night, I'm going to do a live reading for members of this channel. But other than that, Thursdays are going to go dead for everyone else. I'll throw up a short and stuff like that. But the main meat of this channel is the setting episode, the lore episodes that are released on Tuesdays. Everything else is just bonus and, you know, based on my time and ability to do stuff. So if you're a member, expect Thursday readings to continue. If you're not a member, understand that they will end in about a month or a month and a half, two months, uh, just because that's the way the scheduling works out. And from time to time, I'll do like recipe videos and I'll get more songs recorded based on, you know, from the uh, leads from the end of the last home source books and stuff. But Really, I'm, I'm sort of pairing, like, slim. I'm trying to slim down my content creation to be manageable and speak to the videos that get the most reactions. What I don't like the idea of doing is creating content that's never seen because no one's interested in it. Like, why am I wasting my time, you know? If you guys are clearly only interested in the lore videos, then I'll just focus on those and everyone will be happy. So that's kind of where I'm going with this. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your time. I'd like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click the like button. So all goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. Once again, thank you for joining me. My name's Adam, and until next time, Slanjavar. <laughs>